Do you know that from your position you can change a situation? Do you also know that you are the master over the created world and that you are meant to rule over everything God has made? Listen carefully to Pastor Shegun Obaje as he brings to you with simplicity and clarity the message of the new creation realities in Christ Jesus. Be blessed as you listen. I heard from heaven this morning. Hallelujah. The Father's voice came ringing and banging in my spirit. He said, tell my people this. And so what you're about to hear is what is going to change your life forever. If you're not ready for transformation, if you're not ready for change, Pack your bags and find your way out of this auditorium. But if you are ready for change, wrap your arms around yourself and congratulate yourself. Say congratulations. One word from God can change your life forever. It is not a usual statement we say in church. That's the truth. That's the truth. That's the reality. One word from God can turn your life, your destiny around forever. Just one word. And that's why when we come to church, our hearts must be opened to receive the word of God. I have a mandate from heaven to give you God's word. Hallelujah. The Lord told me this. He said, tell my people that I am not the minister of information. God's word does not come to you just to inform you. Every time God's word comes, it comes to transform you. Most of the time we'll come to church and we'll listen to God's word and then we go back to our different homes and duty posts faced with challenges and circumstances that are not palatable. And then instead of applying what we have heard, what we have received from church, we turn to other people apart from God to help us. And God says, tell my people to stop doing that. Anytime I speak, I give my word on purpose for the purpose of changing their lives. So that they can apply my word and get results. So I'm about to share with you today what I have titled by the Spirit of God, Effecting Changes by the Word. Effecting Changes by the Word of God. Effecting Changes by the Word of God. God's Word It's more than a creed. It's more than a doctrine. God's word is more than a body of truth. God's word is an instrument of change. When God gives his word, it is to the end that we might be transformed. God's word, it's not a theology, it's not a creed. It's much more than a doctrine. God's word is an instrument of change. 
a tool for transformation. So every time God's word comes to you, it comes with the ability to effect changes. With the ability to make necessary amendments. Whatever you design your life, whatever change you want, by the word, you can effect those changes. So you see, church is much more than a school where people are taught and then, you know, built up in a way of thinking. That happens in church, but that's not everything about church. Church is a place where we come with desires for change, for transformation, and then we receive the empowerment from God's word to make those changes happen in our lives. So stop seeing God's word just as a doctrine, a teaching. God's word is an instrument of transformation. God has given us his word to better our lives. Every time we come to church, God's intent for us is to add value to our lives. God's God's intent is to upgrade your thinking, upgrade your life, upgrade your finances, upgrade your family. It's to give you an upgrade, a change, a transformation. God has sent his word to better our lots, to better our lives. Hallelujah. (laughs) You see, what we see in God's word is what we get. What we see in God's word is what we get. If you see God's word as your next level, that is it for you. If you see God's word as something that has come to add to your information base, your database, that's what you get. What you see in God's word and see God's word to be is what you get. Glory to God. The Bible says in Gospel according to St. John chapter 1, if you start the reading from verse 1, it says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. It says, All things, how many things? All things were made by Him. Marital things, financial things, family things, career things, ministry things, all things, name it. All things were made by him and there was nothing that was made that was made without him. That means whatsoever is outside God's word is nothing. He says there was nothing that was made that was made without him. So you see, God's word has come to us to give our lives a meaning. To make your life enviable to bring you to a place of wealth, increase, prosperity, health, abundance, favor. God's word has come to upgrade us, to increase us. Jesus speaking In John chapter 14 and verse 10, it says, Do you believe that I am in the Father and the Father in me? The words that I speak unto you, I speak not of myself, but the Father that dwelleth in me, he doeth the works. 
So when Jesus came, he did not come to speak his own words. He came to speak the words of the Father. So every word Jesus spoke was given to him by the Father. Jesus used the words of his heavenly Father to effect changes in the lives of people all around Israel. The Bible says in Matthew chapter 8, if you start the reading from verse 16, the Bible says, when it was evening, they brought unto him many that were possessed with devils. And the Bible says, and he cast out the spirit with what? His word. Now you see Jesus using the word that the father has given him, the father's word to effect changes, to make things happen. It was not just the word blessing him and telling him what the father has done. It was much more than that. It was a tool in the hand of Jesus. It was a sword in his mouth. The Bible says, they brought unto him many that were possessed with devils. And he cast out the devils with his word. And healed all that were sick with the same word. He healed them. Glory to God. Why? Verse 17. The father had spoken earlier. That it might be fulfilled which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet. You see, holy men of old spake as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. God's word had gone ahead of Jesus before that time. So he took that same word and he spoke that word to cast out devils, to heal the sick. By the words of the Father. That it might be fulfilled which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet saying himself what? Took our infirmities and bare our sicknesses. Glory to God. Jesus used his words. Meaning he used his father's words to cast out devils and heal the sick. Psalm 107 and verse 20. The Bible says he sent forth his word and he healed them and delivered them from all their destructions. He sent forth his word. You see, God sending forth his word to do something, to do something, to cause a change, to effect changes, to bring about transformation. Hallelujah. He sent his word and his word healed them and delivered them from all their destruction. Glory to God. God does things by his word. He does things by speaking. When God speaks his word, his word goes forth to effect changes. The Bible says, so shall my word be that goes forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void. But it shall prosper in the thing that I've sent it to do. It will accomplish its mission. Glory to God. So shall it be. It will go forth and it will accomplish what I've said for it to do. God's word is an instrument of change. Again, we saw Jesus in the book of Mark chapter 4. If you start reading from verse 35 down to 39. He calmed the storm with his word. He calmed the storm with his word. There was a storm that arose on the high sea, Jesus and his disciples were passing to the other side. He was in the inner part of the boat. 
And then the storm came against the ship. And the ship was troubled. Jesus was in the inner part sleeping. Glory to God. His disciples cried out, don't you care that we perish? This is serious here. Amen. And Jesus arose. And he rebuked the storm. And he calmed the storm. He said, peace be still. Hallelujah. And that was enough. Now he used his word to effect changes. Please don't forget that. He used his word to cause something to happen. And his words were not his. They were not of him. They were of the father who dwelled in him. Hallelujah. See that? So the same way Jesus used the father's word, we can use Jesus' word today. Amen. To effect changes. Again, we see from scriptures in John chapter 11, if you start reading from verse 39 to 44, Lazarus was dead and had been buried for the past four days. He was in the tomb. And Jesus arrived. And he said, where did you bury him? They said, there. And then he got to the sepulcher of Lazarus. Amen. And he said, remove the stone. Roll away the stone. Glory to God. (laughs) And Jesus cried out with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. Lazarus, what? Come forth. Now, he didn't move an inch. He did not shake. But he had learned the secret of using God's word to effect changes. It is a difficult thing to want to remove a nail in, in a piece of wood with your teeth. That's not the right tool. I said that's not the right tool. Many a times we use the wrong tools. And so we are pained. We don't get results. But Jesus knew the right tool to use. He used the Father's word in his spirit. And then he commanded Lazarus to come forth. And when he said so, what was the response? Amen. Verse 44. And he that was dead came forth. It happened according to his word, right? Uh Uh-huh. Bound hand and foot with grave clothes. And his face was bound about with a napkin. Jesus saith unto them, he gave another instruction, another command. Lose him and let him go. Glory to God. Lose him and let him go. Verse 45. Then many of the Jews which came to Mary and had seen the things which Jesus did, believed in him. Glory to God. He used his word to calm the storm. He used his word to heal the sick. He used his word to raise the dead. Hallelujah. And then he taught his disciples to do the same. How many of Jesus' disciples we have here? If you're a disciple of Jesus, wave your hand and say, I'm a disciple of the master, Christ Jesus. Amen. He taught his disciples to do the same. Mark chapter 11. If you start the reading from verse 22, 
it happened before that incident that Jesus was going to Bethany after a very busy day of ministry in Jerusalem. And then he was hungry and he saw a fig tree afar off, supposed that there would be fruits on it. So he came there, alas, it was just a fruitless fig tree with many leaves. And Jesus spoke it out loud. No man eats fruit of thee again forever. And the Bible says his disciples heard him. He didn't pour any chemical solution on the root. He used his word. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. And then, while they were coming back the following day, going to Jerusalem for another ministry, work, one of his disciples noted, observed that the fig tree had dried to its root. And then they were shocked that so a man can say something and then it happens in less than 24 hours. And Jesus smiled. He said, have faith in God. Amen. The original rendering says, have the faith of God. Glory to God. For whosoever, he taught his disciples. He said, now I spoke to the fig tree, but this time around, you are not going to speak just to fig trees. I'm taking you to a higher level. You will speak to mountains. How many of us know mountains are more established than fig trees? Uh Uh-huh. And Jesus shocked them. They thought it was only Jesus that could do that. But Jesus shocked them to their bones. (laughs) He said, forget about the fig tree now. That's small. Whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed. In other words, he's not going to say this mountain. Are you going to go? Should we reach a compromise? No. Whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed, commanded to go. And be thou cast into the sea, hurled into the sea. And shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things he saith shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he saith. That's how the faith of God works. Jesus taught his disciples to do the same. To do likewise. Hallelujah. And if you are here, you are the disciple of Jesus, then you can do likewise. Not only talk to fig trees and shrubs and grasses and stones, you can talk to mountains as established as Everest. You can talk to mountains. Hallelujah. You can command things to move using the words of Jesus. Glory to God. God has given us his word to effect changes. To effect changes. (laughs) Oh, hallelujah. You remember in James chapter 1 and verse 22. James 1 and verse 22. It says, be ye doers of the word and not hearers only deceiving your own selves. What does it mean to do the word? Look at the next verse. It says, for if any be a hearer of the word and not a doer. That means he came to church and he heard the word. And then he went out of church, got back home, faced life challenges. Instead of using the word, acting on the word, doing the word, he begins to cry. He begins to murmur. Why is God treating me like this? After all I've done for him. I give my offerings. I pay my tithe. I attend every service in church. Why am I facing challenges in life? Hallelujah. The Bible says the trying of our faith works what? Patience. When challenges come, 
it is the trying of your faith. What do you do at that time or at such times? What do you do? You take God's word and put it to work. It's a tool that God has given you. You can't be disequipped and then go out there, face challenges, crying, murmuring, complaining. Mm -mm. God has equipped you for performance. God has equipped you for results. God has equipped you for transformation. God has equipped you so you can do the word and see miracles happen. Glory to God. The believer ought to experience miracles daily. Miracles ought to be our daily experience. Did you get that? By doing the word. So he says, look at it. If any man be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like unto a man beholding his natural face where? In a mirror, in a glass. For he beholds himself and goes his way and straightway forgets what manner of man he was. He beholds himself. He sees himself the way God sees him. There's a reflection of himself in the mirror of God's word. Instead of making adjustments, instead of acting on the word, instead of you know, changing his outlook, his confession, his actions. He just went away without any action, without any practice, without any doing of the word. See that? Look at verse 25. But whoso, whoso look at into the perfect law of liberty. Say, that's me. Say, that's me. The first one, but that, was, that wasn't me. Amen. This one is me. Amen. That's me. Look at it. It says, But whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty and what? Continueth therein. In other words, he continues in it. How does he, how, how does he continue? What does it mean to continue in the word of God? To put it to work, to practice it. It's a practice. And continue therein, he not being what? A forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work. A doer of the work. Glory to God. A doer of the work. That means he's been empowered with God's word and he's working with it. He's working the word. He's working God's word. He's working with the word. He's getting results with the word. He's been equipped. Now he's working with the word. But a doer of the work. This man shall be blessed in his deed. Glory to God. That means the blessing will materialize. The blessing will crystallize as you do the word. Put the word to work. Put the word to work. Glory to God. I said glory to God. Amen and amen and amen. Who glory to God. When you are faced with challenges and you have a deadline. You have a task to accomplish. You have a deadline. Anxiety. Is calling, knocking hard on your door. What do you do? (laughs) Philippians chapter 4 and verse 6. You act on the word. You don't give in to anxiety. You don't give in to worry. Hallelujah. It says, be careful for nothing. Be anxious for nothing. But in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, do what? Let your request be known unto God. Now, 
Instead of getting in the anxiety cloak, getting entrapped by it, he says, do the word. You don't have to be depressed because there's a deadline. You do the word. He says, be anxious for nothing. Be careful for nothing. Be anxious for nothing. Let nothing minister anxiety to you. Let nothing, nothing be the reason to be anxious. Be anxious for nothing. So when such things come your way, what do you do? You do the word. You use God's word that you've received to effect changes. I refuse to be anxious. Glory to God. I refuse to be anxious. Now, if you're not going to get anxious, what are you going to do? You're going to pray. You're going to pray. He says, but in everything by what? Prayer and supplication. Prayer, urge, and supplication. Definite request. He says, make with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. So you are going to turn to God and pray. And say, Father, in the name of Jesus, I ask you, To show me the way out, I ask you to strengthen me on the inside. I ask you, Father, to cause your wisdom to well up from within me. So I can know what to do. So I can do the right thing at the right time and then gain speed. Finish before the deadline. Hallelujah. What are you doing? You're acting on God's word. Your landlord called you. Do you know this is January? You say, yes, I know. I believe you understand what it means. Your house rent, of course. Ah! House rent? My children are going to be back to school this January. I'm going to pay their school fees. House rent? Ah, how am I going to do it? It says, be anxious for nothing. You don't have to start screaming on your children and screaming on everybody all around. No, don't do that. That's not effecting changes. Take God's word. See God's word work for you this year. Use it. He says, be anxious for nothing. You will go on your knees and say, Father, children are the heritage of the Lord. And the fruit of the womb, your reward. I am your child to start with. Number two, your children. Not my own. It's a very good time, a very good time to say they are God's children. Because sometimes it, my children! Children are the heritage of the Lord. Act on the word. You don't say, ah, how am I going to do it? And you begin to cry. You begin to call almost everybody in town. Can you help me? I need help now. I need help now. You see, seize from man whose breath is in his nostrils. The arm of the flesh will fail you. They have their own challenges. They have their own, you know, uh, house rent to pay. Turn to God. He knows where the money is. I have seen that work several times. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. You know, sometimes when people say, well, somebody's a pastor, they think that all the money people contribute in church, they just bring bring the money to pastor's house. (laughs) Renew your mind. Pastors use faith to meet their own needs as well. If we had been doing that, you see, all the extensions, the branching and that God is you know, doing through us wouldn't have been possible. 
We don't do that. The accounts are there. Church money, I told my wife, I told my family, church money is not my money. Church money belongs to church. I will believe God for my own. Glory to God. And see, pastors who live on church funds don't grow their faith. Because they are waiting for the next service. But you see, those who know that the next service is an opportunity to bless people. They are praying in tongues. The word of God is strong through me. Not that, ah, okay, oh, Father, I thank you because it's another service. Amen. Renew your mind. Glory to God. You believe God for it. You see, put the word to work. You cannot just be looking and, you know, seem helpless. You need to walk the word. You have learned something. It's time to put that word to work, said the Lord. I refuse to be anxious. For God has said, be anxious for nothing. Nothing. But in all things, through prayer and supplications, with thanksgiving, make your request known unto God. I'm going to pray. I'm going to supplicate. I'll make my request known unto God. I will give thanks because I know God has answered me. Because he's not a man that he should lie. His word is true. He's not the son of man that he should repent. I believe him. As he said, he shall he not do it. As he spoken, he shall he not make it good. I believe God's word. I believe the word of God. And then you act on it. Amen. I said, amen. I've seen that work again, again, and again, and again, and again, and again in my own life. I cannot ignore God's word and attend to needs. I'm not a Martha. I'm a Mary. Many of us, when we are faced with challenges, we now ignore what the word of God says. Eh, you said we should not worry. Ha. Ah. Do you know what we are going through? <laughs> this is theory. <laughs> I, need, I need deadline, deadline. Landlord, <laughs> Now, if you ignore God's word, you worry. Don't ignore the word. Act on the word. You see, when people worry and they are trapped in one worry or the other, it's because they have ignored the word of God. Huh? Act on that word. You have been taught the word. Now it's time to use it. Glory to God. I said glory to God. When thoughts, naughty thoughts of terrible things, nightmare, disaster, lost food thoughts begin to storm your mind, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? In that same book of Philippians chapter 4, if you read verse 8, look at it. It says, finally, brethren, whatsoever things are what? True. Whatsoever things are honest. Whatsoever things are just. Whatsoever things are pure. Whatsoever things are lovely. Whatsoever things are of good report. If there be any virtue and if there be any praise, it says what? Think on these things. Now listen. If you couldn't think on it, he wouldn't have said to think on, on those things. You can. Say, I can do God's word. See, when you receive God's word, the word that you have received becomes your ability to do what it says. Did you hear that? When you receive God's word, that word that you have received is your ability to do what the word says. Except you have not received it. 
It's, it becomes your ability. You have meditated on that. You have received it. You are not arguing anymore. So you say, in the name of Jesus, I refuse to think that dirty thought. The word of God says to cast my mind on things that are true, things that are pure, things that are just. I refuse to think things that are not pure. And so thought, back your load and get out of this place. My mind is not a hiding place for you. Now don't make excuses. You know sometimes our minds travel. And sometimes they travel to places we wouldn't want to go. And then sometimes you find your mind in, in places that are odd. And you know sometimes you enjoy those thoughts. Sometimes you don't. You are not a philosopher. You are a child of God. Think the word. Now don't let your thoughts carry you to places you wouldn't want to be. You wouldn't want to go naturally. Call your thoughts back. Tell your mind, stop thinking that way. In the name of Jesus, it's not pure. It's not just. It's not honest. There's no virtue in that thought. That your husband is going to pack his load one day and leave you permanently. (laughs) It's not just. It's not true. It's not virtuous. There's no virtue in it. It's not praiseworthy. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. For some students, they have a brand new headache now because it's a new semester. Hey! We have started again. All right? Hope I'm not going to fail this time around. Fear has torment. Refuse to think that way. Be a doer of God's word. What do you do? You act on God's word. Go to that scripture and then read it to yourself. Say, I have received this word. He's working in me effectually. I believe it. I believe this word. I have received God's word. I refuse to think on thoughts of, think thoughts of fear. I refuse to think thoughts of, of, of intimidation. Thoughts of, of loss. I refuse to think that way. Glory to God. I said glory to God. I said glory to God. Amen. I said amen. Did you get that? Uh-huh. We're acting on the word now. Very simple. Again, maybe they said something that you didn't like. The first response is what? Depression. And then, oh, why did that happen? Oh, and then instead of saying, well, I did not like that thing that happened, but I have a choice to respond to it in a better way. The Bible says in Philippians chapter 4 and verse 4, that Philippians chapter 4, that book of Philippians chapter 4, That chapter is full of instructions. Philippians 4 and verse 4. It says what? Rejoice in the Lord. How often? All the way. And again I say what? Rejoice. The Bible says, is any merry? Let him sing psalms. Is any afflicted? Let him pray, he says. When we face things in life, it, it, it should make your prayer life go up. You should pray more. Not cry more. Let him pray. Let him turn to God and pray. Let him pray and add some fasting with it. Let him seek the face of God and say, Oh God, your word is true. Not let him murmur. Not let him get depressed. But let him rejoice. He says rejoice all the time, always. I say unto you, rejoice. 
you are not going to ignore that word. You are going to turn to that word and say, I believe this word. I'm going to rejoice. I'm going to pray until there's a note of victory in my spirit. I'm not going to uh, complain. I'm not going to murmur. I'm going to pray instead. Glory to God. I said glory to God. Uh. Little wonder the Bible says, count it all joy when you go through diverse tests and trials. For the trying of your faith works patience. Glory to God. <laughs> Hallelujah. The enemy meant it for evil, but God has turned it around for my good. Why? Because you see, when it happened, I turned to God, not to the need, not to the devil. I prayed. That's how it works. You become stronger. You come out stronger. With a stronger anointing. Glory to God. Why? Because you turn to God. Rejoicing and thanking God. Because he's true to his word. He's faithful. He will not deny himself. He will not deny himself. The Bible says... As the mountains surround Jerusalem, so the Lord surrounds those who put their trust in him. Glory to God. You are faced with the temptation of saying the wrong thing. What do you do? You want to say something. Maybe somebody hurt you and did something terrible against you or said something that you heard. Instead of saying something terrible in return, what do you say? (laughs) Glory to God. The Bible says we should learn to use good to overcome evil. One million evils cannot overcome one evil. One billion evils cannot overcome one evil. But one good can overcome one billion evils. Glory to God. See that? Hallelujah. So what are you going to do? (laughs) Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 29. It says, let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth. Don't let it come out of your mouth. Don't let it come out of your mouth. But that which is good to the use of edifying, that it might minister grace to the hearer. Don't let that corrupt thing come out of your mouth. Don't let bitterness come out of your mouth. Don't let revenge come out of your mouth. Don't let strife come out of your mouth. Don't let wrath and anger come out of your mouth. Glory to God. Speak well of people. The Bible says speak evil of no man. You speak well of people. You are doing the word. The victory is in doing the word. You are effecting changes in your own life. You are effecting changes in the society. You refuse to let evil continue. If you speak evil of someone and then the person speaks evil of the same person to another person and then it goes on like that, there's a chain of evil. So you are going to nip it in the bud right there and then you stop it. Don't let them make your house a place where they discuss people and tear them down. The blessing of God cannot reside in such a house. Blessed is the man that walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of discomfort, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. You don't sit in the seat of discomfort. You see, you are do of God's word. When they come meeting and they are gathering and say, what are we discussing? 
nothing really. We just want to discuss generally. You see, such discussions that are not purposeful will lead to tearing down people. Amen. I said amen. I said amen. I remember there was a brother who went visiting, visited a family. And when he stepped into the sitting room, he saw poverty all over. All the sofa, the seats, everything, torn. And then he began inquiring his heart, Lord, what's the meaning of this? He said, this is the place where they discuss people. They gather here. They discuss people. Discomfort. This is the meeting place of discomfort. Amen. Wealth and riches are in his house. Glory to God. Lift up your right hand and say, wealth and riches are in my house. One more time, say, wealth and riches are in my house. Now, this time around, you are going to do God's word. And listen very carefully. When we begin to act on God's word and do God's word, I tell you, when we call for testimonies, we have so many testimonies that, oh, People will be struggling and say, look, okay, share yours. Let me share mine. Let's see which one is more spectacular. <laughs> you know, that will be the condition for sharing testimonies in church. All testimonies of God's word or to God's word are supernatural, but some are more spectacular than others. Glory to God. See that? Amen. Say, this year, I'm a doer of the word. I do the word. I do the word. I effect changes in my life by the word of God. If you believe it, say a bigger amen. Amen. Hallelujah. When you are tempted to sin, to do evil, what should be your response? Romans chapter 6 and verse 12. Mm Mm-mm. Don't go for sin. You are the righteousness of God. Hallelujah. In Christ Jesus, you are the epitome, the representation of God's rightness in the face of the earth. Act on the word. Let not sin, therefore, what? Reign in your mortal body. He says, let not sin. Let not. Don't give that thing called rebellion against God's nature and way of doing things any listening ear. Don't let it come near you. Jesus came to take away sin. He did not come to pardon us for all our sins that we have done so we could continue. He came to take away sin. Glory to God. He shed his blood. He gave his life. If the sacrifice of Jesus is worth anything to you, then you will not touch it anymore. What he came to remove, you will not go searching for it. Let not sin rule in your mortal body that you should obey it in its loss thereof. Look at verse 13. Neither yield ye your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin. Don't yield your members. Refuse. The Bible says don't yield it. I refuse to yield my hands to unrighteousness. I refuse to yield my legs to unrighteousness. I refuse to. Why? Because Jesus has taken it away. The sin problem is solved. The blood solved the sin problem. The sacrifice on the cross solved the sin problem. Glory to God. And I have accepted the solution. 
I have accepted it. Glory to God. Hallelujah. I refuse to yield my members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin, but I yield myself unto God as someone who is alive from the dead. If you are alive from the dead here, shout hallelujah. We were raised together with him. When he was raised from the dead, we were raised together with him. We are not dead anymore but we are alive from the dead glory to god we are alive to god and god alone we are alive to his word and his word alone we refuse to speak the language of sin we have left that country where sin was lord over our lives we're in a new country the power of darkness is broken over our lives. We are in the kingdom of his dear son now. Hallelujah. We are busy with the father and with his love. We are lovers. We love men. We don't trade in sin. We trade in love. Hallelujah. We exchange love all the time for love and for hatred. There's only one thing we've got to give. Love, 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 love. It does not matter how many people hate us in town. The love of God is stronger than hatred. The love of God is stronger than bitterness. The love of God is stronger than strife and envy. We have the love of God in our hearts. And that's what, that's the only thing we allow move us, motivate us. Glory to God. Hallelujah. See that? Against such, there is no law. There's nothing that can prevail against love. Amen. Did you get that? Oh, hallelujah. Go back to that scripture. Romans 6 and verse 14. The next verse. For sin shall not have dominion over you. You believe that? Say, I believe it. Come on, say, I believe it. We are not under the law, the condemnation of the law. No, we are under grace, the ability of God to live unto his pleasure. Hallelujah. Uh-huh. That's who we are. Amen, amen. I said amen. So we refuse to allow sin reign in our mortal body. We are acting on the word. Not that well. Uh, such is life. Even the pastor that preached on Sunday, do you, do you know what they do in secret? Do you know what they do in secret? Alright? <laughs> Why justify unrighteousness? Amen? I know what I do in secret. I meditate and pray in tongues. That's, that's what I do. Amen? Praise God. I said praise the Lord. Amen? But do the word, do the word, do the word, do the word, do the word. Hold your neighbor's hand. You know, let the warmth of God's love ooze out of your being. Hold your neighbor's hand. And say, do the word, do the word, do the, shake it, do the word, 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 do, come on, preach it hard. Do the word, 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 do the word. If that person is not responding like you, you want how want him to respond. Look at someone else. Hold up and say, "Do the work. Do 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 the work." Come on, shout hallelujah!
If there's a need staring in the face, God has said to us, this year is a year of abundant prosperity. You believe it? Say, I believe it. It's a year of abundant prosperity. And you see, he didn't just say that to excite us. Now, let me, let me keep them happy. Let me keep them happy. Tell them it's, it's, it's their year of abundant prosperity to keep them happy. No! God meant it. God meant it. So shall my word be that goes forth out of my mouth, he said. It will not return unto him void. My covenant I will not break nor alter the thing that is gone out of my lips. God is not going to change his mind because there's recession. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. Um, I, I didn't actually mean it. <laughs> I actually wanted to say something else. No, that's not God. I said, that's not God. I said, that's not God. He says what he means and he means what he says. Hallelujah. And his word is forever true. His word is forever faithful. He's the one that is called Amen. The faithful one. The one that is and it will be for, he will be forever. And whatever he says is and will be forever. It is and so it will be forever. Amen. Amen is not what we say after prayers. It's the name of God himself. The faithful one who is true to his word. He can permit the whole heavens and the whole earth to pass away. But not his word going without fulfilled. His word will not go without being fulfilled. Why? Because God is the amen. He's the faithful one. You believe that? Say, I believe it. You feel a symptom in your body and then you begin to feel feverish in the middle of the night. Don't cry. Why me? <laughs> Why? Again, uh, this is New Year. At least they should let me rest. This is January. They should let me rest. Who are those people troubling you? Amen. Be a doer of God's word. Hallelujah. That is the time to say, who this is a good time to act on God's word and have a testimony to share in the morning. You know, early in the morning testimony, during devotion, you were sharing a testimony with your wife. Do you know, you know, in the middle of the night, I had a feverish condition, it was so serious, and I was confessing God's word, I believed God, and now I'm whole. Early morning testimony. How many of us like that? Not that I had a feverish condition ah, in the middle of the night. I can't come for my devotion, no. <laughs> Amen. Himself took our infirmities. He bare sicknesses. Amen. He didn't say himself is taking, so keep bearing. Himself took. He took them. He took them. He took them. That is the reality. Whatever you feel in your body, it's not the reality. He took. Past tense, he took. Matthew 8 and verse 17, he took that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet. He himself took our infirmities and bare our sicknesses. That's the time to say, Father, I thank you because Jesus took my infirmities. And with his stripes I am healed. First Peter 2 and verse 24. Who his own self bear upon himself our sins on the tree. That is on the cross in other words. 
That we being dead to sin should live unto righteousness. By whose stripes we were healed. Surely he had borne our griefs. He carried our sorrows. Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgression. He was bruised for iniquity. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes we are healed. That is what you are saying. The Bible says, let the weak say, I am what? Strong. The Bible says, none shall say in Zion, I am sick. He says, your health shall spring forth speedily. You meditate on those scriptures, you begin to say, I act on God's word, healing is mine, Jesus paid for it. It's not a privilege to be healed and stay healthy in Christ. It's a right. Jesus paid for it. He paid for it, not for himself. He didn't need it. He paid for it for us, for us, for us. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace, not his own, was laid upon him and with his stripes. We are healed. Glory to God. You believe that? Don't justify sickness. It's our family sickness. No, don't have a family sickness. You're in a new family now. If you belong to the family of God, shout hallelujah. hallelujah. Don't say it's our family. My kata is back. Don't put a label on it. It's not your kata. I know what's yours. Health is yours. Healing is yours. Prosperity is yours. Elevation is yours. Lifting is yours. Grace is yours. Glory is yours. You believe it? If you believe it, come and shout a big hallelujah. That's what is yours. Amen. Don't call evil yours. You are of God, little children. Because you belong to God, Everything that belongs to you in God is of God. Sickness is not of God. The Bible says in Acts 10 and verse 38, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power. He went about doing good, healing all those that were oppressed of the devil, not of God. For God was with him. Hallelujah. Say, God is with me. Say, God is with me. God is in me. God is upon me. God is around me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You believe that? You believe that? Glory to God. I said glory to God. And then let let me give you this. This is a bomb. Amen. And get ready for an explosion. Amen. Are you ready? Are you ready? Mm. Now... I want you to turn to your neighbor on your right or on your left. If you don't have anybody on your right or on your left, make sure you create one. <laughs> now turn to your neighbor on your right and on your left and say, it can only get better. Hallelujah. 
You see, the sum total of all your experiences in life is victory, is lifting. Are you listening to me? Your God is the God who declares the end from the beginning. Say ye unto the righteous, it shall be well with him. No matter what he goes through, it is well with him. That is his story, that is his final outcome. Are you following what I'm saying here? <laughs> when needs stare you in the face and say, let's see how you scale through from this place. You know, look up please. Look up please. I remember there was a time in my life 10,000 naira was a serious matter. <laughs> and then I broke through from that. 100,000 was <sighs> For some, it's one million. Amen. Now hear this. I want to say this to you by the Spirit of God. Lift up your two hands towards heaven. From this day forward, by the anointing in this house and the anointing of God's Spirit here present, through the preaching of the Word of God, I command a mighty financial breakthrough that will bring you to a higher level of dealing in millions and billions in the name of Jesus. If that's for you, shout a bigger amen. See, let me say this. There are people seated here. There is somebody seated beside you. <laughs> Amen. Tap your neighbor and say, it's talking to me. It's talking to me. Amen. There's someone seated beside you. <laughs> Woo! Glory. Before this year runs to an end, you are giving in millions. If you believe it, say a bigger amen. amen. Why am I talking this way? I'm talking this way because I have confidence in God. I have confidence in his word. Second Corinthians chapter 8 and verse 9. Jesus had to pay dearly. He paid with his dear life to bring us wealth. There's no devil under heaven that can stop it from coming to us. We have it. Amen. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. How many of us know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ here? Say, I know it. it. Now, what's the grace? Look at it. That though he was rich, there was no time Jesus was poor except when he took our place and was hung on that tree. On that cross. If you study the book of Mark, Amen. You saw the book of Mark chapter 4. You see, Jesus did not only have one sheep. Anytime Jesus is traveling, Jesus has his own sheep. Alright? And then he has other ships on the sea. It was an entourage of ships. Jesus was rich before he took our place. Hallelujah. You see, let me tell you something. Look up. 
Never catch yourself justifying poverty. It's very easy to do that. Particularly if you have religious people hanging around you. Who is not poor in this country? Who is not poor apart from thieves? You know, that sounds like, ah, that's true. Everybody's poor apart from thieves. So if you see anybody who is wealthy, uh, he's a thief. That's not true. Amen. I'm not a poor man. (laughs) If you're looking for the poor, he says, the poor is out there. And you see, if you come in poor, you can remain poor. Why? Because there is so much of God's word going on here. It will change your thinking. It will change your life. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. Look at what the Bible says. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became what? Listen. For whose sakes did Jesus become poor? For our sakes. That means he did it for us to benefit of that action. Jesus was poor on the cross. You see, it's just dignity, just for dignity. When you view Jesus of Nazareth, and then you see Jesus with one small cloth around, you know, tied around his buttocks and all that, Jesus was not crucified that way. Read your Bible. They stripped him of his clothes. Amen. I said amen. Roman soldiers would not beat any man with pants on. They tortured people naked. Jesus was naked on the cross. Did you hear that? Nothing can be more shameful. If you don't have clothes on you and you are justifying it, that, well, I may not have clothes on me. Hallelujah. Glory to God. God says, shut up. Don't give me glory concerning that. I don't take glory in people walking naked. My son, my son became naked for you. I don't, don't give me any glory. I don't want glory from that. Give me glory in that. Oh, God, I thank you because you are able to clothe me. And I thank you because Jesus was naked on the cross so I could be clothed. God says, yeah, he's talking now. Angels, attend to him. He was naked. Someone says, well, that's spiritual poverty. Uh, Physical nakedness is not spiritual poverty. They are two different things. No, 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 no. Don't tell me that. There are are a lot of rich people who look good with clothes who are spiritually poor. So it's it's, it's, it's not talking about spirit. Don't, don't. Lord, have mercy. (laughs) Physical. Hallelujah. He was naked on the cross. When he was thirsty, he needed water. But he couldn't find. So they gave him, what did they give him? Vinegar. And he was, he couldn't drink it. He had to spit it out. (laughs) If you read this chapter, in context, it was talking about physical prosperity, wealth, abundance. Are you listening to me? Uh-huh. Abundance. 
That though he was rich, yet for your sakes, for whose sakes? For our sakes. Are you part of the hour there? Uh huh. Say, I'm part of the hour there. For our sakes, he became poor. Thank God the Bible didn't stop there. Because if the Bible had stopped there, say, for our sakes, he became poor. You see? For our sakes, he became poor. Hallelujah. Let's give him glory. Let's give him glory. For our sakes, he became poor. Ah, Jesus became poor. For our sakes. For our sakes. Now, what does that mean? (laughs) That he threw his what? Poverty. Might remain poor. But might be rich. Be be rich. Say rich. Rich. Say it again. Close your eyes and begin to imagine. Say rich. Now, what does that mean to you? Say it again. Say rich. When you say someone is rich, he has more than enough. That's what it means. If you have just enough, that's not riches. That's not wealth. Just enough is not being rich. Less than enough. Not enough. is not being rich. More than enough is what? Yeah, it's rich. Rich. <laughs> Glory to God. Lift up your right hand. Say, Jesus became poor. Oh, come on, say it with some guts in your spirit. Say, Jesus became poor. Jesus became poor. Say it like you mean it. You believe God's word? Say, Jesus became, poor. Jesus became poor. That I might be rich. Now, let me explain this to you. The only condition you are not rich is that Jesus did not become poor. But if he became poor, certainly and undoubtedly, then you are rich. Because he became poor for your sake, for my sake. Hallelujah. Now lift up your right hand. Say, I am rich. rich. Now say it with the boldness that Jesus came, he died, he suffered, he was naked on the cross. He was poor on the cross, not before the cross. He was poor on the cross when he took her place. Said, because you know Jesus had come, Jesus had been crucified, he was naked on the cross, and he did that for you. Said with that confidence, as certainly, as certainly, as certainly as he did it, I am rich. Jump to your feet, shout it, I am rich. Oh, come on, shout it, I am rich. One more time, say, I am rich. rich. Someone who has been schooled in poverty is asking, what do you want a lot of money for? All right? You just take what you need and give me the rest. I know what to do with it. Bring it to church. We will reach out with the money to people all over the world. Amen? It is selfishness. Don't pray the prayer of Ago. There's Ago in scriptures. It's not just Ago in Yoruba. But you see, he was, he was Ago indeed. In that, he said, Lord, give me just enough for myself, enough for my family, so I don't sin against you. Another person said, in my prosperity, I shall not be moved. So, who do you want to follow? 
Some of you, you have the AC going through into your brain, into your chest, and everything. you are just tight, you are firm, you, you are collected, you are calm. Amen. Poverty didn't bring that. I said poverty did not bring that. In a place where poverty rules and reigns, people find themselves regularly. Amen? Some have the money, they don't know what to do with it. Now, let me teach you what to do with money. It's more blessed to give than what? Give it out. You see, if you don't know why people want so much money, you just say, Lord, bring so much to me, I will take what I need for myself and my family, and I will give the rest out to people who need it. Lift up your right hand with boldness. Lift up your right hand with boldness. With boldness that Jesus did it for you. He did not do it for himself. There was no time he was poor except when he took our place. Lift up those hands with boldness and say, in the name of Jesus, I am blessed. they went to Ibadan for the pre-inaugural second half of it. Amen. It was good. We had a wonderful time. We gave free copies of the leverage to people. Amen. And someone looked at the book. He said, this is too good to be free. I said, it's free to you, but someone paid for it. You see, prosperity is free because Jesus paid for it. It wasn't easy. His death was not easy. It wasn't that he he jogged to the cross. (laughs) Jesus is not jogged to the cross. (laughs) It was not easy. (laughs) Some people thought that Jesus, you know, Jesus just... he, He did not go to the cross with a swag. No! He got a time he could not carry his cross. He needed help. He collapsed under the weight of it. And that's why if, if if you don't prosper, you're wicked. You're a wicked person. Because Jesus went through that pain to bring prosperity to you. And now say, I didn't want to press that. He did not come just to remove sin. And sicknesses and disease. Some people say, well, he just came to remove sin. That's all. Not poverty. In much poverty, we'll see the glory of God. That's not the gospel. Jesus suffered for this thing. It is only just 
So take advantage of it and receive it. Amen. Lift up your hands. I command every desire for poverty to die today. Everything called, eh, let's manage it. Let's keep managing it. You may not have the physical cash now, but know it in your heart and say, look, we are changing that thing. Yes, not that, eh, is it bad? Is it bad? We, at least there are people who have worse. Don't justify it. Every desire for lack, hanging around you, your thoughts, your home, your house, your business, in the name of the risen Christ, I command it to die now! 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 I declare abundance beyond measure in your household, in your life, in your family in your ministry for the gospel for your family for fulfillment of ministry and purpose and the dreams that god has put in your heart receive it now in the name of jesus amen the lord just spoke to me he said tell my people they should not justify the need of buying tokumbo cars he said, is it not the thing that we do? Is, is it not? But how many people are using new cars? Apart from thieves. You know, maybe some people, when you hear them, you say, how many people use new cars? Apart from thieves. Jesus paid for this thing. You may not have a new car now, but don't say, When you see someone using a new car, give God praise for new things. For new things. Remember you not the former things, neither consider the things of old. See of the Lord. He says, Behold, I do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Shall you not know it? I make a way in the wilderness. I cause rivers to run in the desert. Get ready, God's people. Get ready. The wealth of the Gentiles. The wealth of the Gentiles. He says you will suck the milk of the Gentiles. You will suck the breast of kings. The abundance of the seas converted unto you. The forces of the Gentiles, they come. 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 Someone says, why will God do that? The same reason he drove out the Amalekites for Israel to inhabit their land. The same reason he drove them out, the Amalekites, the Amorites. God told Abraham, he says, of shorty, your children will be held in Egypt for 400 years. And then thereafter, I will take them out. Why? I can't give you the land I promised you now. Because the sins of the Amalekites, the Amorites, or the Ites hasn't got into its brim yet and God is a just God 
And then he, he says, I visit the iniquity of fathers and children unto the third and what? The fourth generation. So God waited for three, four generations. If you calculate it, four generations. One generation is about 100 years. So for 400 years, he says, you guys wait. And after that time, he brought them out. And then he drove those people out of their land and gave that land to Israel. Glory to God. The same reason he did that is the same reason he's bringing the wealth of the Gentiles into your hands. The same reason. The same reason. What have they done with the money? Wars. Injustice. Fornication. Adultery. Oppression. Witchcraft. And now it's time for the money to come into the right hands. Amen. For someone like me, with 100 billion naira in my hand, you know what I'm going to do with it? Tell your neighbor, tell your neighbor, say, with 100 billion pounds in my hands, I know what I'm going to do with it. Amen. I said, Amen. Well, if you don't believe this gospel, don't worry. We will not fight you. We will take care of you. We will take care of you. Amen. Praise God. You'll be on the list. Please don't forget. Send so so things. We'll take care of you. No, don't worry. Amen. I'm a believer. Say, I'm a believer. I believe the word of God. If you believe God's word, shout a bigger amen. Have you received God's word? We know you've been blessed by this message. For further information and details on how to be a partner, please contact Shagul Badger Teaching Ministries on just 234-7066-453122 or plus 234-80-601-00093. Stay blessed.